Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Welcome to episode 69 of The Storytellers. Today, we're going to be talking to Suzanne Simonetti about her debut novel, The Sound of Wings. It's a USA Today bestseller. Suzanne grew up in the suburbs of New York. She has a Bachelor's of Science degree in marketing, where she spent many years writing press releases until, thankfully for readers, she gave that all up for her true passion, which is creating fiction. Suzanne, welcome to The Storytellers Microphone. Thank you so much for having me, Grace. It's great to be here with you. Thanks so much. Before we talk about your new novel, what I want to do is focus a little bit on what some people have said about your book. They say that it's a story of love, friendship, betrayal, and the risks we take. You took a big risk to leave your job and create great fiction. Tell us about that journey. I will. I had actually left the corporate world before I got serious about my writing. Um, and I know that you save a little something for the end on things that people don't know about me. I don't know if I should reveal that now, but I was a personal trainer for nine years. So I had left the corporate world and I went into training and I was working part-time for my husband and I did his marketing. It wasn't until um, I was, I caught myself reading a book and I started um, getting excited about writing myself. So um, it wasn't like I left the corporate world and started writing. There was another career path in between. Yeah. So why storytelling since you've had these two different career paths? I love the challenge of it because I, I do have that creative brain. I have that creative gene. And I and not just that, I, I have the need to create. And I, it, it's a persistent feeling. And you're a writer yourself, so you know what I'm talking about. And when I, when I found myself reading a lot of novels, there was that voice going on that said, you know, this is so wonderful and I know I can do this. And I started dabbling and this is over 10 years ago. How long did it take you to create the song, The Sound, the Sound of, Wings? of Wings? First draft took a year, but then, you know, editing takes a long time. I, I had, you know, my mentor look it over and she red penned it to death. And then I went back and fixed it. That took another few months. Um, but it's been through so many cleanups and revisions. It, it probably took a good two years altogether. I think that's still a very fast process, particularly for a new novelist. It's unusual, Grace. And I want to say that it wasn't the first book I had written. Um, it is my first pu published novel, but I have another a manuscript sitting in the proverbial drawer. So I did get some practice in, I did take classes. I had years of kind of writing in the wrong direction. And then um, I found the inspiration to create The Sound of Wings. And it really did come pouring out of me. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm waiting for that to happen now for the next book. I'm waiting oh, for that. I can, I can totally resonate with that. So what was that nugget? What was that inspiration? Moving to Cape May in January 2015, Joe and I purchased a home um, near the Cape May Harbor. And I fell in love with, I was always in love with the town, but I, I started becoming inspired. And we, we were taking our first um, walk down the beach that, that very first summer. And a story started coming to me. I, I got a picture of a buxom blonde walking the beach, collecting seashells and sea glass, and Crystal was there. 
Goldie, I always had some kind of an enigmatic character, older woman living in a Victorian. She, she was always kind of there. It was just a matter of how am I going to get her down on the page? Um, so yeah, those two characters really kicked it off. So let's dive right into an overview of this beautiful book. I have to tell you, this is one of the most beautiful covers I have ever seen. And it perfectly captures your book. I love the font. I love everything about how this is laid out for you. So tell us about your book. So, well, the book, I, I like an element of surprise. I kind of, I like to surprise the reader. And when I went through it, um, I wanted to I, I wanted to connect the characters, but I didn't want to make it obvious. And I also wanted to have women from different age groups and walks of life. I have friends of all ages. And um, so I wanted to point that out, that women can can forge friendships, you know, and not be the same age or maybe have the same background. And I, I really kind of like the, the connections that they form and they find their way to one another. I got a, a, a note from a reader the other day and she said, it, my God, it, it's, it's almost like um, they needed to meet each other to bring out all that, you know, the good for them. And I'm like, well, sure. It's like our, how our friends help us in life to get to the next plateau. It's the same thing in this story. I agree with you. Give us a little bit about the plot. So it, we open the book in the butterfly garden and we have an older female. Um, she's just about 70 and she is reminiscing about her late father-in-law, Patrick, um, years ago, you know, they, he had taught her how to create this beautiful butterfly garden. And it's something that she's done ever since he's been gone, which is 30 years ago at the time of the book. And so we're, we, we don't really, we, we don't know about Goldie yet. We're learning about her. She's got these dogs and these cats and a beautiful African gay, gray parrot. And she's single and she's a local potter in town. Then we introduce uh, Crystal, who's our born and bred local. I wanted to make sure we we captured that Kate May local. And um, she's married to a, a guy who's just a few years older than her, but he's extremely well off. And Crystal didn't come from money. So now she's comfortable and she's got this lavish, beautiful home and everything's gorgeous, but she doesn't feel good inside. So we take Crystal on a bit of a journey. And then we have Jocelyn. Jocelyn is in her 30s. She's a single mom. And um, she's a writer. And that was very fun to write, getting into Jocelyn's head. I wondered if you particularly enjoyed Jocelyn. I really did. I mean, I don't relate to her in certain aspects, um, but I loved writing her and the, and the frustrations of sitting down at the desk. And only another writer knows how hard it is to really sit down and do it. I agree. So the women find their way to each other. They form different connections. And there is a bit of a connection between, I think it's Jocelyn, Jocelyn and Goldie, they're, they share somebody in common. Now, this is the spoiler, so I don't want to give too much away. But we we learn that that Goldie um, has acted sort of a, a bit of an angel throughout the story, then we don't know that until the very end. Well, I love the interplay between the characters, and I love the detail, you know, that you pick up things on family dysfunction for Crystal particularly, and that whole mean girl culture that she was a product of. Why did you choose that? Because of her beauty. I saw her as this stunning, beautiful uh, woman, and girls can be mean, and they can be catty and jealous, and you know, we've all had girls in high school or, or even when we were growing up that were just so pretty. And, you know, they're, I think that they carry a lot 
of, of you know, they, they get sort of not picked on, but and they did pick on Crystal, but she was kind of an outcast. Her beauty made her an outcast. And yeah. for those of us who didn't have that amazing intrinsic beauty growing up in high school, we were always very jealous of them at the same time, weren't right. we? Right. And we found our, our, you know, our, our cool group and we did our own thing. I didn't care too much about the pretty girls by the time I got to high school. But when I was little, I was like, whoa, she's so pretty. But, you know, the and, things and, that we get hung up on, right? <laughs> well, and the gift of age is we have to realize our own beauty, right? That's right. And I think you capture that in your book. I do. And I, 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 well, I appreciate you saying that. And also Crystal had to find, she needed to feel whole and it's not something that someone can give to you. It's something that comes from within. And she discovers that. And her husband, Abe too, because he, he really wanted to provide this wonderful life for her and, and, you know, be the man that swept her off her feet. But what he realized was that that's not possible. She needed to do her own saving. It's very true for all of us, isn't it? Totally true. <laughs> One of your reviewers, as I started out, talks about it as a book of love, friendship, betrayal, and the risks we take. Could you focus on that risks and betrayal part of your book? I certainly will. If we go back in time uh, to Goldie's uh, late husband, Simon, if you remember in the story, he was a pretty miserable character and he wasn't treating her very well. He started philandering and he was short with her and he was an angry man. And um, so you know, there was infidelity there was infidelity. And um, there, you know, this is the big spoiler in the book, but Goldie needed to um, make sure that Simon followed through on the things that he needed to take care of. <laughs> Very well put. <laughs> we started out a little bit today saying that you and I are in the same Facebook communities, although you and I have never talked. Your book very much captures, and you alluded to the rich interplay between women in each other's lives. You talked a little bit about how we can be mean, but also the way that we lift each other up is incredibly unique. And talk about that both for yourself as an author and within your novel. Sure. Well, I, I, I will say this, the, the publishing journey wouldn't have been half as fun. And I know that you agree with me without all my friends, yourself included, and all these writers that I get to bounce, thing, bounce things off of and have last minute phone calls with, it's changed the whole experience. I'm a I'm, I'm better person because of them. I'm, I'm smarter. I'm a better writer. I, I could go on. But it's just wonderful having that network. It's like I sleep better at night. Um, and in the book, it, it was more of coming of age and they're older women. So it's not coming of age for a little kid, but it is coming of age for them. And I really feel by the end of the book, they did find their wings. They found all three of them and they helped one another to get there, to get to the, you know, Crystal in particular. She started, you know, collecting sea seashells in the sea glass. Goldie was the one that said to her, hey, guess what? You're very talented. You can do something with this. I mean, that's priceless. And then and then she, you know, she they went they started a business venture. So it's wonderful to have friends in your life who go, hey, you got this, you know, and we do have that. And it does change. Sometimes it changes everything without re realizing it. It really does. And in your novel, you don't shy away from some of the really tough things that happen between relationships either, you know, over life's journey. Was it important for you to capture that? I wanted to keep them real. These characters are real to me. I, they're as alive as my next door neighbors. And so I wanted to make sure that 
it was real life stuff and not fluff that, that because we all face real life challenges and we have hard conversations in life, you know, depending on what's going on and who we're talking to. So you're always going to get that from any book you pick up from me. You're going to, you're going to get real. Yeah. What has been the most surprising part of your publishing journey? I think the most surprising part just came to me very recently, Grace, and I'm glad you asked this question. Um, with the first book, because I hadn't published yet, and I, I was with this book, I should say, with The Sound of Wings, I I wasn't sure how well it was going to do. I'll, I'll start there. I didn't know how it was going to be received. I didn't know what the readership was going to look like. And so now as I sit down and I go back to my desk and I'm working, there's a ticking in my head and I hear them, my readers and the reviews, and I'm saying, I'm doing what I was meant to do. I did not have that when I was writing The Sound of Wings, but I have it now. And that is everything. To find your passion and know you're in the right chair is... Everything. It, it is everything. So USA Today, bestseller, first book. Tell us how that happened. Sure. I started learning about um, the book bub world. I got, I was very lucky. My publisher signed, tried to get me a book bub deal. So I signed on for that. You know, you have to learn all these bells and whistles in the, in the, in the advertising in the industry. So I started advertising. I advertised, um, I had campaigns running on Facebook and Instagram and I, I had, the book was on sale for 99 cents. And so I sold a lot of books that week. <laughs> Is it that formulaic? Because we know it has to be a great book first, right? Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I know other people have tried to do it. And and it, I, I don't know the answer to that. I just know that I did do it. I gave it my all. I was I was advertising on different forums, including BookBub. Um, I think the cover, I appreciate you saying what you said about the cover. I do, don't think that the cover has hurt me in any way. I think it's eye-catching and it's intriguing. People are like, what's this? Also for 99 cents. <laughs> well, it's it's worth it at the full price, Suzanne. How much did your, you know, you have a degree in marketing. Did that set you up for success in a different way? Unbeknownst to me, yes, it did. I didn't realize I was going to um, be able to incorporate my two worlds, my writing world with my marketing background. And yet I just, before this phone call, before, before I should say our, our time together, I was talking to a friend and giving her ideas on a marketing plan. I want her to put together a package. Um, so it's been fun to kind of go back in time and pull from my marketing days. Yeah. Well, it certainly has proved to be successful. Good marketing background and a great book. What's your next step in writing? I am working on something now. I'm going to tell you. Yep. Yeah, and I'll give you preliminary. Um, oh, good. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't have a pub date. But it's soon. It'll be fairly, fairly soon. Um, I'm working on another book set here in Cape May. It isn't going to be the continuation to The Sound of Wings, even though I have a million requests for, for that. I'm getting to that. I have 30,000 words for that. But currently I'm working on a book that is going to be a, kind of like a Christmas novella set here in Cape May. And where did the inspiration for that come from? The book club that I met with in October, they they were talking to me and I just felt surrounded by love. These are my local Cape Mayans. And they were just overwhelmed by the book and the things that they were saying. And I, I thought to myself, I got to give my readers more and I need it now. And so I am making the steps to do that. And I'm I'm in the thick of it. I'm writing every day. 
What's your normal writing day like? I Well, let's see. My normal writing day. I will tell you what I do. You'll appreciate this. I use the Pomodoro effect. Pomodoro, I know you know, is the Italian word for tomato. So I use the kitchen timer and I do 25 minute intervals. And so I go by tomatoes. How many tomatoes can I get done in a day? One tomato equals 25 minutes of writing time. And I've been, I've been knocking out about eight tomatoes a day. Um, it's one, it's, you know, it's, it's what, in the middle of the afternoon for the two of us, I've already had four tomatoes done. I love that. That's such yeah. a wonderful gimmick. It certainly ties back into, you know, a cultural theme. Now I think you need a cookbook, Suzanne. I'm thinking it, I'm working on another recipe. I'm working on recipes for the Christmas novella. These, my readers are going to get a bunch of goodies to go with it. Yeah, oh, that that's going to be so rich if in your. I can't remember in the sound of wings. Do you have a book club guide for this? I do at the end. Yep. I have a reader's guide. Wonderful. Yes, I do. Wonderful. And it's probably on your website as well. It's on my website. That's right. I think that makes the most fun when we go to book clubs and they can download recipes or playlists or things that just make book club so much more enjoyable. So I'm glad that you included that in your own work. So we have your book. We've got something really to look forward to. You've got 30,000 words down under this next sound of wings. Yep. Um, you're a very busy author and you still have time to do all your fitness things. Cause I know that's a real passion of you. I, I, I do. I, I fall, I fell out of it during lockdown. I'm not going to lie. I'm climbing myself out of the pandemic slowly, but I have been losing weight, but I, yeah, I do make time for fitness, but it's like everything in life, a little each day you know, so it's, I don't go crazy. Like I, I used to, I, I do my writing. I did my, I did a little jog this morning. I, I do. I try and find time for it all. Yes. I love your idea. I'm going to hold on to that idea of tomatoes and how many tomatoes a day we can do. Because sometimes I know in my own writing, unless I think I have four hours to sit down and write, I just think, oh, I'll knock off all the other sometimes extraneous pieces of our craft. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, embrace that tomatoes a day. So thank you for that. Because then if you have an hour in front of you, you say, you know what, I have time for one tomato and you, that's 25 minutes of uninterrupted writing time that you just gave yourself. Right. I think it's perfect. <laughs> so amazingly, we are almost at the end of our time together, but I want to make sure that I capture that one thing that people might not know about you. That's a little quirky or something else that we might not find on your website or someplace else. A little quirky about me. Um, okay. I don't eat bacon, but I love the smell of it. I just, okay. I, something that came to me the other day, I was walking by it and I said, mm, that smells good, but I don't eat it. I, I just, it's not my thing, but, but I enjoy the smell of it. Okay. So Go that's, <laughs> I like that. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with our readers and our listeners? You know, just my website. It's got all the information about me, my buy links, anything you want to know, my email. If you want to reach out and connect, I'm there. Well, you're all over social media and it's always a pleasure to bump into you there. I hope that everybody enjoys The Sound of Wings and enjoys this great cover. Suzanne, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me, Grace. We'll chat soon. Sounds good. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories, tell your own, and come back for another episode. Because when our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon.